Welcome to the Blokebusters Podcast. Today is Sunday, the 20th of January. I'm Paul. And I'm Brian. And today we'll be discussing the extensive works of one Mr. Tim Burton, a director that I'm sure everyone listening to this is familiar. Familiar and uh, probably fond of, I would think. (laughs) Especially if you've downloaded this, knowing it's about Tim Burton. (laughs) And don't worry, this isn't going to turn into a three-hour discussion on Tim Burton, mainly because we probably don't have three hours of material on Tim Burton. Uh, two and a half at tops, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably be skipping over a few of the films briefly, either because one or both of us haven't seen it, or we haven't seen it recently enough mm-hmm. to really go into it. Or it'll it. be a hated it, you know, yeah. type thing, or loved it, move on. <laughs> All right, well... If we were to start, should we go in chronological order? I suppose that makes as much sense as anything. Yeah, rather than just going alphabetically. <laughs> Random. <laughs> we don't have a wheel to spin, unfortunately, <laughs> so I guess we have to use logic. Yeah, well, at least you won't be subjected to the... That noise every time. That would have been fun. All right. Well, to start with, just brushing on his first film where he was a major part was actually The Fox and the Hound. He was just an animator on that. So we don't have too much to say on that one. No, no, no. Other than it was well animated. Very much. (laughs) I appreciated your drawings, sir. Yes, well done. (laughs) In motion, your drawings in motion. And then moving on from that, he got his first big thing doing Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Now, growing up in England, we didn't have the Pee-wee's Playhouse or, or whatever the... Is it Pee-wee's Playhouse? <laughs> yes, it, it, it is. Playhouse. You got it. Yeah, Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I then, of course, never saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I don't even know if it got released in the UK because I of that. Tell you, yeah, but yeah, that was 1985. Go ahead, sir. Well, I guess... Based on what I've heard, it's very well liked, especially by people that like <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. It is very critically acclaimed, I think. It, probably everyone was surprised that he did so well with his first yeah. directorial piece. And it's actually, I was looking this up, it's got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that makes it his joint second best rated film on that site which goes to show that maybe i should just watch it just because apparently it's yeah it's enjoyable you know it's i obviously haven't seen it since i was very very young and was interested in those things because that tv show was a staple of my childhood yeah and you know i love cherry and uh, cowboy curtis and penny and you know the word of the day ah yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you're missing out, Paul. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Ah! Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Few of you know what I'm talking about, I hope. I'm not just making a fool out of myself for no reason. But yeah, it was an enjoyable film. And looking back, if you watch it now, we'll get into this more later, but looks like a Burton movie. Right. And you'll... You'll know what I mean. Uh, we'll uh, delve into that a little further later on. But uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say about that. To <laughs> quote Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. everything I can say on it as well. That's worth checking out. Well, following up from that, and don't worry, they're not all going to be that quick as well. <laughs> Rapid we, fire round. We have the film Beetlejuice. <laughs> Which, which you were uh, kind enough to do a mini cast on. Yes, might not have been my best work, but no, 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 no. I will get one out someday so we can <laughs> critique mine a little more. But, but yeah, th- this one is one of my favorite Tim Burton films, and like Michael Keaton, fantastic in it as well. Oh uh, yeah, 
and again fairly well received critically yeah. uh, might not have had the best box office return but then again for that time I guess a slightly lesser yeah. known director <laughs> yeah I mean he hadn't he had only done Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure but I love it <laughs> it's his first work with uh, one underwriter and led into their next one which will be coming up in a couple films <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Got one more to go before that one <laughs> yeah oh a little <laughs> superhero movie I think in there somewhere but did yeah. we want to go any more on Beetlejuice sir? well I don't have too much more to say that I didn't already touch on you know obviously mm-hmm. set design once again you can tell yeah. it's a Tim Burton film yep. it's uh, not Michael Keaton sandworm scary as shit uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to rehash what I'd covered on our podcast after when I talked about it yeah um, and got a couple of the actors that you'll see popping up again yeah, and that's... a banana boat song that's all you really need to know yeah <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Nothing wrong with that scene. All right. Well, the next one would be Batman, where he brought... who's that now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with this character. Yeah. Play- played by a young upstart called uh, Michael Keaton, I believe. Oh, ah. I don't know where I've heard that name Be- before. Played by Beetlegeist. <laughs> Beetlegeist, that's the one. <laughs> okay. This one I haven't seen too recently, but oh, no. yeah, yeah. definitely it's been early '90s, probably since I've seen this. Yeah, I think most people would say it's the second best of that Batman of the imaginings Uh, yeah I mean if you're going for a straightforward telling because the Adam West was campy yeah the TV show and then the the movie which I forget the year on the movie but they did make a movie with Adam West (laughs) right and that was camp and the pow and the zings and the I I kind of want to I think I've only seen the old clip here still one of my favorite Batmobiles I will say in that one that oh that uh was like a Ford Futura or something. I don't know. It was a concept car that they turned into that Batmobile. But it's oh, a that, pretty cool looking that, Batmobile. The, the, the bubble. No, oh, yeah, I love that okay, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better than that abomination that was in Batman Forever or whatever with like the gills or you know yeah. I don't know. And the thing was like forty foot long and <laughs> yeah. On to this Batman. Yeah. Right. I, I I did enjoy this one. I at the time you know not knowing who the hell Christopher Nolan was or would be. Yeah. <laughs> thought oh this is incredible you know and just. Yeah. No yeah. one could ever do a better and, Batman than and this. And I was pretty young when I saw that. I would probably say it. I'm sure it was on TV by the first time I saw it. Because I was I seven imagine. at that time and not going to the theater. Yeah, I would and, imagine for uh, me, I doubt my parents yeah. were taking me to go see it. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I remember like there were parts that were a little scary for my childhood eyes and uh, yeah. very edgy, I guess you could say. Well, now looking back, you know, knowing... I know, we're not yeah. trying to... Apples and oranges. But it was well done. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and... Once again, another one where it's you know fairly dark, and this one less so, I would say, than Beetlejuice, obviously. But you can say like you know it's probably a Tim Burton film, yeah. <laughs> and as we said, Michael Keaton returning, mm-hmm. and another thing where you start to see him using the same actor. <laughs> Again, which, as we get further along, you'll probably see the same name popping up again. <laughs> oh, again. I don't know. He does find one guy he's particularly fond of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might, might be coming out soon, actually. <laughs> but yeah, the only other real interesting piece of trivia I can think of is probably not that interesting. This one would be the third most commercially successful film he's ever done in terms of, you know, full box office figures which given some of the other films coming up I was actually surprised by because yeah. some of the films that you would think you know oh that's such a classic Tim Burton well, film weren't necessarily well, his... it's, yeah it's always interesting <laughs> what is 
successful immediately, and then what will stand the test of time? Yeah, because there are many great movies that fall through the cracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like the so. story of Shawshank, which was just pretty much a flop, and that's on TV every day for <laughs> about six times. Yeah, that, that one being my favorite film of all time. I still yeah. can't explain why it just is. It's one of those things. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, so I, there's Batman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he told you it wouldn't be too long uh, alright now to our first major stop in the line mm. Edward Scissorhands a yes. 91% on Rotten Tomato making it a the, travesty I tell uh, you uh, out of everything I've got here that would be either number 3 or number 4 because there's you know, there's two number 2 so depending on how you want it <laughs> who do you work for <laughs> depending on how you want to do it uh, excellent Austin Powers reference <laughs> <laughs> I have one or two <laughs> ready to go at all times. <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely, I would say, yeah, it's my favorite Tim Burton all film. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to pretend. There are others that are, I have about six that are in second place. Right. <laughs> Five or six that kind of alternate slots yeah. uh, in second place. But Edward Scissorhands is, just does it for me. It's I don't know it's everything I want it to be. I just rewatched it a couple days ago and stands up to ju- you. just as wonderful and as moving as I remember seeing it for the first time. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I'll go into it more, but I want to hear your thoughts. Well, and this is it. the first film that he directed, wrote, and produced. Yeah. So the trifecta there. He's only ever done that on. Let me look at my notes quick. He's only actually done that on one other film in this list. Most of them, he's just a director and writer. But this is the one where he did all three. I want to hazard a guess, but I will wait (laughs) (laughs) on that. Well, yeah, this film, uh, I have seen it less recently than you. But based on everything I remember, I think the second time I saw it, I enjoyed it more than the first time. I think the first time I saw it, I was too young to get everything that was in it. And fantastic-looking town that he sort of created. The the suburbia? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love the juxtaposition as well of you've got the suburbia, everything is rows of plain houses are all... Mm -hmm. Pretty much the same color. Well, they're in these, well they're, they use one of four like really garish pastel colors. Yeah, and that's kind of just to, like unify the neighborhood. Yeah, it, everyone uh, is very sort of insular. All, all of the housewives talk to each other and gossip, and all the guys just go off to work and come back. <laughs> and yeah, then all pull out of the driveway at the same yeah. time, all go in a line to work. Yeah, yeah. sort of uh, pleasant bills. <laughs> yeah, really much. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, yeah. That's a good uh, pull there. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get the house that the inventor and oh, yes, hands is in and of course because all, all, all of all suburban neighborhoods are located right by a mountain <laughs> they mansion at top <laughs> literally like 200 yards away <laughs> yeah the sort of thing that you know the neighborhood would have got together and signed a petition to get rid of that oh actually. yeah they would have had yeah. it knocked down <laughs> bulldozed I'm guessing the inventor they would have had outlet enough. malls put in <laughs> The inventor must have been smart enough to get it as a uh, heritage site. He must have owned the land and would not sell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been but the inventor, yes. Good for bringing him up because that was Vincent Price. Who, last role, I think. His last screen appearance and who, like Tim Burton, had a, a very fondness for a love affair with. I mean, yeah. even did, I believe, a short film. 
yeah. uh, on Vincent Price. And yeah, it, he's awesome as the inventor. Yeah. It's, I mean, if go back and look at some of Vincent Price's horror works. I mean, he's the master. Yeah, it's another one of those actors where you hear the voice and you know it's him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, some people's are all they are is the voice, but he's... He's got the voice, so you know it's him, and he's a very good actor as well. And I think I might be remembering this wrong, but there is a take in it, or at least a shot, where the inventor has uh, either collapsed or he's not feeling well or something like that. And Vincent Price actually did that on the set. It wasn't part of the... Oh, yeah, 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 And then Tim Burton, I think, asked for permission to use it because Mm -hmm. it was just... It felt right for the... (laughs) Remember when you almost died? You (laughs) might have probably profit from that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. No, it's yeah, when he's, I believe, giving Edward... Or showing Edward the present of his hands, what are going to be his hands. And And uh, and, and he's like... Uh, yeah. just sorry podcast but yeah it goes uh <laughs> kind of stowed stowed wide-eyed and, and, and edward gets very concerned and you know his scissors go right through and might i say yeah he's a pretty smart inventor but why start with scissors <laughs> can't we start with like metal rods <laughs> uh, or, or yeah just make some sort of why not start with hands? I don't, <laughs> I don't. You know, I'm going to finish you eventually. But for now, let's give you lethal weapons that yeah. make it impossible to eat or scratch you, yeah. or you know, or pick up anything ever. And then gives you the mentality of a five-year-old child who poke poke. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't know, but uh, I did like the little uh, cookie maker. That was nice. The, yeah. You know, the, the legs that stomp on the dough. Yeah. Or, yeah, the, the egg that cracks. And yeah, it was a very nice kind of Rube Goldberg kind of type thing. Yeah, great role by Vincent Price. And then, of course, sad, obviously, Vincent Price's last film. Hmm. Yeah, sir. And to juxtapose that, that would be Mr. Johnny Depp's first leading role. Oh, yes. He's done a couple of Tim Burton <laughs> flicks since then. But yeah. Yeah, this would um, be the meeting of Johnny Depp and Tim Burton to have some wonderful collaborations and and some maybe not so wonderful. We'll get we'll touch on those <laughs> later. But uh, he was from Twenty One Jump Street and had not a Johnny Depp expert, but had been in uh, Friday the Thirteenth or not uh, not Friday the Thirteenth. I'm sorry, Nightmare. I always throw those around. In Nightmare, on Nightmare on Elm Street. On Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, that was his first acting act, role yeah, in a big screen, film. Yeah, but this was his first lead performance. Yeah. And he, I think, lost like 25 or so pounds, something like that, for the role of Edward. Yeah, um, wouldn't surprise fun me. Fun little <laughs> trivia here. Uh, Tom Cruise was considered for the role. Robert Downey Jr. was also considered. One of those <laughs> you can actually imagine. I can kind of, yes, 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 yes. Maverick, you mean, right? Yes, oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't but, know. I think it's... It's always fun to his think favorite role of been. mine. But, uh, and also, I did want to bring up this was when he's asked about it, it's... Tim Burton, that is. It's his most personal film, he says. Yeah. And Danny Elfman, who's his longtime composer, you know, he uses on the majority of his films if he's available. Yeah. Uh, his, also his most personal work. And it's one they say that they're most closely tied to. I can see that. And a lot of that is uh, Tim Burton's uh, childhood. You know, he's knows what it was to be bullied, to yeah. be the outsider, to feel isolation uh, like Edward does. Yeah. And... You know, that's kind of, he says, kind of his fantasy if, you know, Anthony Michael Hall's demise at the end yeah. of the flick. He's kind of, that's kind of his fantasy. A lot of people thought, oh, that was too dark. You can't have a character killed in this type of film. But, yeah, no. Tim Burton, he'll kill you. <laughs> Throw you out the window. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I've heard that before, and I think, did you watch the rest of the film? (laughs) It was clearly leading up to something like this happening. Yeah, it it was, um, well, yeah, I wanted to bring that up, too, because there's parallels there to Frankenstein, the various adaptations of... I can see that. That, you know, is this creature, kind of, or, you know, that's not like everyone else, that does gain acceptance a little bit. But yeah. then eventually is too much, and the mob, you know, no, he's too different, to too different, yeah. and doesn't belong. And the mob rallies, pitchforks, rum, rum, rum. And it yeah. even went a slight flip flop as well, because I think uh, the original Frankenstein monster ends up accidentally killing someone, then the mob turns up, and this yeah, time the the mob turns up. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this time the mob mm. turns up. And then he kills him. <laughs> yeah, and then he kills, yeah, the leader, kind of. Uh, the, but, yeah, it's very much, yeah, chasing him away out of town, up to his mansion, you know. And yeah. uh, and then burn down the mansion. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. yeah. It's very interesting to see how easily your typical suburbans can be incited to, technically, I guess it would be mass murder. Yeah, it, it is, yeah. Yeah, it's a lynch, that's what it, a lynch mob. But it does also contain one of my favorite plot devices, which is the old person... Telling, uh, the, telling story. the story, and then we get to see the story unfold. Like the Princess Bride would be, you know, yeah. Peter Falk telling it to the Fred Savage character. This is a little more. Uh, that's like a book he's reading. Yeah. She's telling a real story, and it's the old, you know, Winona writer. Very, eh, you know, prosthetic makeup was in its infancy <laughs> there, but she, you know, she looks pretty good. You know, passes as an old woman there, yeah. and then used again fantastically by Mister. James Cameron in the Titanic. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a little bit in Forrest Gump, although that's a different device where we pick up the story in the third act yeah. and then move forward. It's not all retrospective. But right. I, that, I, I do like that plot device yeah. of having the character tell the story or one of the characters tell the story in the, you know, kind of the play within the play type thing with yeah. Shakespeare or something. But well, Even sort of gives it an extra layer there, so you're, mm-hmm. you're even more drawn into it mm-hmm. because you're, yeah. you've seen this character at the beginning Mm -hmm. and they're telling a personal story so you're kind of going with them rather than just a story outright it all starts because the daughter or the granddaughter asked her why does it snow and (laughs) it's like well short story because Edward's still alive (laughs) it never snowed before he came down here and yeah blah 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 I sometimes like to think that you know since that day it's never stopped snowing like (laughs) they've not had a single day of sunshine just (laughs) snow above their houses yeah (laughs) <laughs> They're all stuck inside. <laughs> Can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I will also say Alan Arkin. I love Alan Arkin, and he's fantastic as the dad in this. I don't know. Pours him a drink, tells him it's lemonade, like a strong uh, adult drink. And, oh, I love it. And also one of my favorite lines in there by him: "You can't buy the necessities of life with cookies." <laughs> Talking Aww. about yeah. Well, he's getting you know asking him, "Are you making any money from your gardening jobs or yeah. whatever?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, I got some cookies or whatever." Yeah. You can't buy the necessities of life with cookies, can you? Yes. Ask Anthony Michael. No, you can't, sir. No. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I love it. I just love everything about that movie. I love that it's an unconsummated relationship, unconsummated love story, really. Yeah. Very uh, much so, yeah. Like, he is in love with Kim from the second he sees a picture of her in the house, and she eventually realizes she's with an asshole (laughs) and realizes she would rather be with you know edward than anyone else and uh, there's that great moment i'd say my favorite scene in the film when they're all looking for edward because he has accidentally scratched 
the son's face yeah. while trying to save him from being run over by a van yeah. <laughs> piloted by Anthony Michael Hall's drunken friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he shoves him out of the way and then, showing concern, scratches him up yeah. with his wonderfully designed scissor hands. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, and, not the smartest of yeah. And, you know, he's just worried. But, yeah, of course. So the lynch mob is trying to find him. And, of course, he returns to the house. And that's where Kim finds him. And she says she's scared. And she yeah. says... Hold me. And, and there's a says, long pause, long pause, long pause. I can't. Yeah. It's, it, if you don't have, if that doesn't break your heart, you don't have one. <laughs> well, I don't think I did, but I was younger then. Heartless bastard. Heartless bastard. Okay, but. I, I would say yeah. now, probably, but back I mean, then. Yeah. At least, or if you at least can't understand why that might break yeah, someone's okay. heart, maybe I can go extend that olive branch. To All right. You. I'll, yeah. I'll take that. I'll that <laughs> but yeah, she does then walk over to him and she puts his arms around her yeah. and uh, I don't know I guess I go for those movies where I, I'm going to be <laughs> heartbroken and depressed but it does a wonderful job of doing yeah. that well at least it takes you on more of a ride than just your typical yeah I mean it, it is a sad commentary though that we want to be accepting of those different than us yeah. when we try but there's always going to be a discord if they're too different yeah. <laughs> you know if they're he was too unique, too special. Yeah. and Well, that and you've got, you know, you, as we said earlier, we have suburbia. Mm-hmm. So everyone lives this very specific life. And not only is he different, like lovable, mm-hmm. different, but different enough. It's He's starting to change the suburbia mm-hmm. and people start to realize that maybe they don't want it to change. Because yeah. <laughs> like people are and afraid of change as well as difference. Mm-hmm. So. And it's not as depressing as I once thought, like long ago, I... When I saw it young, I probably didn't pick up on this, but in the years I've watched it over and over, at the uh, end of the film, right before he kills Anthony Michael Hall, whatever, they, they do get to share a kiss yeah. and uh, very quickly, and you know, she says, I love you. and So they have that moment. But then really close to the very end of the film, they show him at the mansion yeah. trimming up his sculptures, his garden sculptures, and there's like a slight smile on his face. Yeah. So and he, he's, he's making... At, at the end with the ice sculpture. And he's oh, in the... Her, yeah, like, which... Who holding the ice rim? <laughs> Does he have an ice guy that just comes up with 40 tons of ice? <laughs> here's your ice order. Well, and here's some you. cookies. I'll pay for them with cookies. <laughs> and knows, I don't know how you think money works, sir, but this is not money. <laughs> the no, wife will appreciate cookies, these. Cookies. But cookies, cookies, money? Yes, no? Well, it it uh, could but, be, yeah. Obviously, as he's been making it snow constantly over the years, maybe the pond by the house is frozen. Perhaps, over enough. yeah. I don't know. I don't know how he's using a chainsaw to get this out of there, but... Uh, oh, he doesn't need to do chink, chink, yeah, chink, chink. But, <laughs> yeah, my first point is, I, at least I believe that he is appreciative of this experience he had in that suburbia world, that he had that relationship with Kim and her family, and yeah. he met friends and found acceptance, even for a brief period yeah. of time. And maybe resigned isn't the right word, but is, I don't know, um, is comfortable with his life now in solitude. Yeah. Uh, well, you up know, there. obviously it's safer for him, and he, yeah. he and grew up there. Safer so for knows. both parties yeah yeah, and he gets to live with the memories so most yeah. people would call that reclusive but uh... <laughs> but yeah it's, I love it yeah. it's gothic fiction and uh, at its best in my mind but, yeah uh... well, I, I can't really add much <laughs> it's, it's, it is a very good I could go on for a lot we need to go on to the next because you will get me going on for another half hour alright right. <laughs> right, well the next one in chronological order we have Batman Returns <laughs> And he does. <laughs> and this one, he is the director and writer 
on this one. So he uh, wasn't attached to write the first one, but he managed to write this one. And this one is typically seen as the best in uh, that. It, I do prefer it over <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Yeah. A very good take on the Batman thing, a good mm-hmm. continuation of the story. Yeah. yeah. You have uh, the first appearance of Selena Kyle, I yeah. believe, in that world, at least. Yeah. yeah. And of course, you've got Mr. Christopher Walken mm-hmm. as. A villain, <laughs> yes, Christopher Walken. A stretch for him to play a villain, I know. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah that, that, that is a good one. Yeah, I love I love Danny DeVito as the Penguin, even though it looks a little campy now, maybe. Yeah, or Hackney, but I still love it. I, I still uh, love him as the Penguin. I don't know. Maybe I'm sensing a disagreement here. No, no, it's it's a good Penguin. I'm just thinking. Whenever I watched it, with I I thought maybe they could have worked a little bit longer on the hands because it does look like they just shoved his hands into three finger gloves <laughs> into, into some black mittens or yeah. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so maybe. Maybe you could have taken a little bit more time to come up with I'm something. I'm sure those Batmobiles they had were pretty expensive. They might have yeah. had to cut yeah. a few dollars on the Penguin's wardrobe. I don't yeah. know. Maybe Timber himself could have <laughs> given us some of his money Probably to R&D. A few bucks. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Spared no expense on the Catwoman wardrobe, let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> well, I, I knew someone who their younger brother really enjoyed watching this film, and he couldn't figure out why. And so I actually ended up saying, hmm... A young boy is interested in watching Batman Returns, where there's a woman in a tight leather suit. <laughs> nope. I don't know what it nope. is. Yeah. It's just Can't got great production there. design. That's what it is. I love the cinematography in this um, film. And, yeah. well, and even more so than Batman, yet very much a Tim Burton it's his Style world, world. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of his <laughs> Narnia if you will It's it all takes place in this world yeah. <laughs> one I, way or another to be fair I think Gotham City is pretty much heaven for Tim Burton I think I but, mean it starts with the word goth yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> very much so yeah, very bleak seedy underground mm. and, and colourful characters seedy underground colourful characters yeah that's Tim Burton all over I don't have too much to say on this one no I, I mean it, it's a good film yeah, yeah. Worth a watch, at least. <laughs> Absolutely. Go. I mean, if you haven't seen it now, it's probably one of those you're not going to see. You can jump out and yeah. see if you haven't, if you're not interested. Like, ooh, what's this? Batman Returns? I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this another good <laughs> film? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's definitely on his, I'd say, plus side of things. Yeah. You know, the pro column <laughs> yeah, for me. I don't know. So I think uh, moving along there. Yeah, uh, well, the next to, one... He loves the name Ed, let me tell you what. Because uh, <laughs> uh, another movie later, there's a main character with the name Ed. But right. I well, believe it's next, am I correct yeah, on this the one? one? After, okay. the one after this. Uh, yeah. This one, of course, being Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> the one that he didn't oh, direct. Oh, I thought... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was going by direction. We will get to the, uh, what yeah. I was thinking of in just a minute. But right, yes. yeah. Well, this one is normally seen as his best film, despite the fact he didn't direct it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, uh, I believe Henry Selleck for that <laughs> thunder being stolen from you. Uh, yeah, no, no one remembers director. the director of this yeah, one. Who directed that? Yeah, that's a Tim Burton movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people that remember the director of this one, yeah. but still, I, mm-hmm. yeah, and you can see why. I mean, this is clearly when you, when you think Tim Burton, that's 
those are the first images that at least that pop into my head. Yeah, the, the crooked trees and the yeah, it's, this, all that this stuff. is clearly. I mean, you got a slight taste of it in Beetlejuice with some of the things that you saw in the in the other world and all of that, and then well, and even some of the sculptures mm-hmm. in the newly built house. Yeah. But yeah, this is clearly Tim Burton. They handed him a sum of money and say, make whatever the hell you want. <laughs> and this is what he came up with. Yeah, it was his, I think, original story, even though he didn't write the screenplay. Yeah, it was he, his he, concept, story concept. Yeah. And, uh, and then and produced I think, it, yeah. Yeah, mostly his characters as well. Mm-hmm. He came up with most of those. And this is one of those things where I watched it as a child and loved it, and it was when I rewatched it I realized it was a musical. Which yeah, I, which uh, I guess maybe that goes a long way to explain why I know you feel differently, but why I love musicals. This was my first theater experience. Right. My yeah. sister took me to the film. What was that? Ninety three. Yeah, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was. Let's see, yeah, I was eleven years old. So yeah, that was. I know a little late for some people getting to the theater, but my, you know, like we've talked about before, my parents weren't big movie people. So, but that was. Definitely my first theater experience, and probably a big yeah. reason why I love that movie so much. Yeah, well, I mean, not not standalone in the fact that it's a great movie. But. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say I have nothing against the film whatsoever. It's a really good film. I mean, some of the songs I'm am a little bit bored by, but the, I, that's yeah, just yeah, the, my, yeah. my particular preferences. But the actual story and the film mm-hmm. itself, the I can't really. I just it. love looking at it. The the gangly limbs and yeah. the, you know the stringy characters and so oh. yeah and I mean Jack Skeleton is a fantastic character and I think the best example of, sort of him being like the gangly guy is at the end when he's uh, saving the two of them from Oogie Boogie and he's coming up with all of the stuff <laughs> and he's just like he's dodging all of the things he's up on top of everything using his leanness and acrobatics actually to a, <laughs> to a fairly good extent in fact i think that whole thing where you've got oogie boogie trying to get rid of them and then jack turning up and that whole thing is probably one of like the best sort of tim burton moments of film <laughs> it's just a really dark thing and the hero does i would say quote unquote kill him at the end i mean it, there's a sequel where he comes back and whatever but that's not about it. i don't <laughs> think tim burton's not associated with that particular one <laughs> no 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 i did want to bring up the there's fun little trivia at least in my mind uh okay. the voice of jack skellington is played by none other than prince humperdinck uh-huh. who i've already mentioned in the film which i mentioned on a lot of podcasts the princess bride yeah, uh, yeah he's in that he was the voice uh danny Elfman did the singing yes he did for, uh, for jack skellington which if you actually watch the film i think there's only a couple of times where you really can notice that it might not be the same thing and, it, and it's just like he'll be talking and then launch into song and it's like uh, that's not, uh, not quite right yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, very, very well. <laughs> Definitely done. easier to pull off an animation than yeah. when an actor is pretending yeah. to sing in a voice that clearly isn't theirs. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I like to think of Robin Hood Men in Tights in that one where he starts to sing the Night is Young. <laughs> the night is young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Pantomiming here. Okay. You can probably guess what. Free podcast. <laughs> so, yes, fantastic film, and even though he didn't direct it, Definitely his most associated with that. Is, <laughs> Oddly yeah, enough. Yeah, highest uh, rating on... I would say Ed Scissorhands. Even though your stats say that, I, yeah. I'd say Ed Scissorhands is probably what I think of, at least when I think of Tim Burton. Well, no, I, yeah, Tim Burton fans, like, everyone's mm. got their film that mm. they think of Tim Burton as, but it, I mean, obviously this is Tim Burton. So I will always champion Christmas. that film, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, so, I would say this this would probably be most people's introduction then mm-hmm. to Tim Burton, I would yeah. say. It's on Netflix, if, you know, for some yeah. reason you've 
been yeah, currently, in a coma and yeah. just waking up. Currently, He's been in a coma the, from 1992 till now. <laughs> Go watch this film. Yeah, currently, tragically, the only Tim Burton film on Netflix. Uh, Is it really? Yeah, I find I, that tough to believe. No, I, I looked it up. Uh, about really? a week ago, and you that was the only one. Tim on, I searched Tim Burton. That was it. Wow. Well, that's actually kind of nice because the higher demand movies they want to keep for the DVD rentals. Yeah. So I guess he's in high demand. Yeah. That's what I'm going to take from it. Yeah. yeah let's go for it. Uh, moving along. Moving along. Another. Now to my <laughs> precursing of the uh, Edward right. names, I believe. Yes, I hope. it is. It is Edward. Okay. Which, Yet uh, another material last name. Yeah. Scissor hands. Edward. Yep. Ed Concrete. He never got to. He directed and wrote this one. It's mm. another Johnny Depp film. And this yep. is the other joint number two critically rated film. One of those second-tier favorite films of mine uh, yeah. by Tim Burton's. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed This was actually, with the exception of the more modern ones obviously came out in the last mm-hmm. like five or six years, this was the most recent, I think prior to Charlie and Chocolate Factory, this was the most recent one that I ended up watching for the first time. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. I think uh, I, I ended up watching mm-hmm. it when I was in university. And it was either on TV or I bought it on DVD for three pounds or something. Yeah, I went home and watched it, and I was like, "Wow, this is a really solid film." So, yeah, I probably uh, heard about it, this movie about ten years or so ago, and uh, I was just watching a lot of older. I was trying to fill in holes of things I should yeah. have seen over the years, and I don't know how it got brought up, but I was like, "Oh, I don't know anything about that." And it was Tim Burton, okay, Johnny Depp, okay. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> about in a, a biopic about the best worst director of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, was a cross dresser, and I'm like, yeah. okay, has everything in it for me. Even I'll, I'll tolerate a little Sarah Jessica Parker for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which actually, she's pretty decent in this film. I will say. Well, I, I would say the character that she plays, it seems like you know she pretty much fit mm-hmm. solidly into it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, a great use of black and white. I love black and white when it's done really yeah. well which I mean obviously old films and you oh, don't yeah. really have too much of a choice Yeah, let, but you know it's yeah. nowadays and I'm considering that nowadays even though it's an older film yeah. it's used for a stylistic choice and yeah. there are pops of color in it which I love Yeah, the, the pinks or, and the, or yeah. it's good when you get the one or two little things of color that's supposed to really yeah the, I think like the pink sweater like the yeah. woman sweater he wears or whatever is pink yeah. <laughs> and Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi is yeah. fantastic believe he might have been nominated for I don't know I might be just making I'm, that up but I'm not sure it wouldn't surprise me yeah, if he had been, been. should have been yeah he's wonderful as uh, Ed Wood's friend who I don't know tried to understand Ed Wood yeah. I don't know <laughs> but not many people were giving him a chance and for a good reason he was a horrible horrible director yeah. <laughs> If you haven't seen Plan 9, watch it and laugh your ass off. It's one of those things of, it's a guy who has so many ideas, they're not, just not necessarily with no, the With best. no ability to execute them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Glenn or Glenda, you know, that was, yeah. you know, a man about a crossdresser, you know, and uh, there's a couple other ones that, he, he did a lot of horror stuff, you know. But it's, yeah, Plan 9 from Outer Space was just the absolute best. It, it must be one of those things where... Going completely off topic, Monty Python when they first went into the BBC mm-hmm. and they were, they sat down with not the head guy but you know, one of the higher ups and they were like we've got this idea for a show and so they just and they were asking it's like okay so are there going to be songs in it we don't know are there going to be any special guests we don't know <laughs> are there going to be any sets that you need we don't know hmm all right we're going to do thirteen episodes but that's all <laughs> it's like yeah, he must have just walked in yeah. with a script and gone I've got a script fine here you go have a set. <laughs> Yeah, back when I guess studios were just able to do that. I mean, 
now there's no way you could do that going to a studio and getting that done yeah <laughs> but it, it's a it's a wonderful movie it i don't know it's it's yeah, one, definitely it, go see it, every, it it's not like something i would sit down and normally watch you know yeah. it, because it does take a lot of your attention but uh yeah. it's fascinating if you don't know anything about about the guy ed wood i mean not that i'm saying this is a straight factual biopic no, it no. is meant to entertain but he was very, a passionate very, guy yeah. very grounded in <laughs> the types of the stuff that was going on in what he was going through mm-hmm. and Johnny Depp does a fantastic performance as yeah, Edward is this amazingly passionate director with a very bizarre home life yeah. and just bizarre friends it's great it's yeah. one of those Tim Burton worlds again yeah. and Johnny Depp has gone on record as saying basically his portrayal of Edward is based on Tim Burton at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. That <laughs> makes me wonder about uh, Tim Burton's home life. <laughs> what he and uh, Elena think, Bonham Carter are up to. I think just a slight kookiness to the character. <laughs> Not reading too much into that. No, okay. yes. Not necessarily <laughs> the sweater wearing. Gotcha. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's well, Edward, folks. The next one. Going in order again, another directed and wrote Mars Attacks, which is actually not that well liked, I no, think. It, it, um, I find its fans are very passionate yeah, that's about the, it. That's the thing. I, and I, I'm one of those. I'm one of the people that really enjoy watching mm. the film. That's not necessarily to say that it's the greatest Tim Burton film. It's not to say that it's a... Yeah, a stunning piece of cinema. It's just a really fun film to to watch. It's yeah, really... I, would, I would be on the opposite side of that. I I think collectively I've probably seen the whole movie, but never at once. <laughs> it's okay. And it's just it keeps my attention for five or ten minutes, and then I right. go, "What the hell am I watching?" <laughs> and I change the channel. <laughs> I, I I can see that, especially yeah. if you jump into it like ten yeah. minutes in. You're starting to get to the realm of, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, I get what you're going for, but I'm not on board. I don't yeah. know. So I, I want to hear the perspective of someone that is on that. Well, on that I, you know, rewatching it and everything, you've got lots of people in there that you have forgotten are connected to this. You've got Jack Nicholson who plays one, yeah. the president and a southern wealthy businessman, both of whom die. (laughs) Yeah, the president, it's a very unfortunate death. The southern businessman, you basically think he gets what he deserves. And you've got people like Michael J. Fox, who does a fantastic small role. I mean, he's only on screen for less than three or four minutes. And he ends up getting shot by the alien disintegrator. Oh. <laughs> Jack Black. Jason Stone. Oh, Jack Black. Was yeah, in Jack there, Black huh? is in it. He plays a army. Like he's just joined the army. He's got the the crew cut. He's disassembling, reassembling oh. guns, blindfolded, and he's doing the guard duty when the aliens turn up. And he ends up getting killed as well. Like you know, he really Bill, doesn't. Billy have much Glenn reason. Norris was his character name apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Portman was in the yeah, film. Natalie I did not Port- know that. Yeah, she is the daughter of the president. Actually, no, ninety six. Yeah, I guess she'd be pretty. Well, yeah, she's she'd fair. be fourteen. I mean, we're the same age, so there you yeah. Go. So yeah, she's... if Zoe's not available, she's she's my backup. Okay, plan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have a reasonable, attainable backup plan, yeah, right? That <laughs> <laughs> she's married with child. Yeah. Yes. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Those things fall apart all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, Hollywood. Give it another couple of years. <laughs> Tom Jones, uh, Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker again. Yeah, Danny DeVito again. Yep. <laughs> he, and he plays the sort of person you probably imagine Danny DeVito playing, like, kind of wise guy. Now I doubt this is his first name, but his credit is Rude Gambler. I doubt his first name is Rude. <laughs> no, yeah, see, he is an he, he's a polite character. Yeah, he's gambler. a guy in Vegas 
who ends I up, think, seem to remember a little he, bit. He ends of it. up becoming part of the small group that's mm. constantly running away from the Martians. And Frank Welker is the voice of every single Martian. Frank Welker, ooh, yeah. I know that name. Yeah. <laughs> Nibbler. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's not a stretch for him to play the Martians, given that the Martians say one word. <laughs> and it is act. That is the word. And it's just, you know. They'll be talking to each other and then the other Martian will look at him and say, ak, ak, and then so on and so forth. Oh, so right. not exactly the toughest gig he's had in terms of voice acting, but it suits the Martians down and the Martians clearly have what we would class as a morbid sense of humour. When it comes to saying, I mean, you've got Pierce Brosnan and Sarah Jessica Parker. Pierce Brosnan becomes a head, like just a head attached to these clamp thing. And Sarah Jessica Parker has her head put onto her dog which is a chihuahua <laughs> of course of course yeah. she does and then the dog why, wait why wouldn't they wouldn't they put her on the head of a horse oh wait no she already looks no, like yes. one okay. <laughs> unfair <laughs> uncalled for okay. yeah. and it, anyway a horse is uh, not a viable pet for a news reporter oh, okay. <laughs> I see we're dealing with reasonable things that happen yes. <laughs> in this film <laughs> it, yes in this Russian attacks film <laughs> where they basically are all their heads explode because of this one music from this one guy who's a crooner from like the 50s the I'm calling you <laughs> and then say it's it's one of those films that it can, it can just be fun to sit and watch you see all of these people doing cameos and all of these other people that aren't doing the cameos actually doing fairly good job mm-hmm. at acting in the films i think there were several either if not first films then first few film people in there and you know we got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes so as I said not the <laughs> I, I have a friend a good friend of mine I've known said we we're about 13 or 14 who loves Mars Attacks and other than you sir we, we quote movies the most or speak in movie you know yeah. using quotes or whatever and he'll throw something out and I don't recognize it and like, 90% of the time it is from Mars Attacks <laughs> I'm like what wait explain that one he's like Mars Attacks and I have to remind him that I don't like that film <laughs> I've not seen it <laughs> I haven't seen it in its parody it's like oh it's great it's great and I have to hear about all the reasons it's great again like I said it, it's fans are loyal and I appreciate that yeah. it's, it's just not for me it's also really odd because growing up I saw the film and then none of my friends had seen it Coming over here, I work with people. None of them have seen it. I work with a new group of people now. None of them have seen it. Mm-hmm. My wife has not seen it. It's like... It's, like it's much almost, of the population. <laughs> it's almost as if I've seen a film that actually doesn't exist. <laughs> I just have this thing in my head. If you, yeah, if you didn't have a hard copy of it, you might convince yourself it didn't exist. <laughs> yes. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those films that I just love to sit and watch at times and it is one of those things that you can kind of switch off and just enjoy the somewhat crudish humor at times mm. and obviously it's martians mm. attacking it's not exactly a groundbreaking storytelling aspect but yeah you know, just fun to watch and again you can see especially with how the aliens are get up and everything you can tell again tim burton <laughs> and this one is one of my say top three tim burton films just because of how much i enjoy 
watching it. Well, that's, not that, a, that's a reason yeah. to have something as a favorite, yeah. I think. Because yeah. <laughs> you necess- enjoyed it. Yeah. Not necessarily because I think it's his best work. Okay, not technically <laughs> speaking. Yeah. Yeah, speaking. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, next Trucking up, along. we have Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy aptly titled. <laughs> yeah, this is... For me. Yeah, for the next one, two, three... Felt four. pretty hollow, and I was very sleepy. <laughs> for the next four films, including this one, this is Just Direction, and... Once again, Johnny Depp is in it, and Christopher Walken again. Only a brief thing in there, but still, can't criticize his performance. Doesn't say a word. But <laughs> and yeah, this is one of those films that, despite the fact that it looks really good and the acting is not bad, it's just slow. <laughs> it, it is, and I can appreciate a slow movie if, like Lincoln, I would call a slow film. Oh yeah, but you have, but. You have to pay attention to the dialogue and all that stuff. This, yeah. I expected something else. Uh, it said horror or thriller or whatever, and I was not yeah. horrified or thrilled. I was <laughs> horrified with how long it took to get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> I was not thrilled. I, uh, I think one main problem with this film is it spent too much on, I don't want to say establishing shots, but mm-hmm. I think he tried to tell too much without dialogue just by either going on the expressions or holding on the scene for a little bit too long i I think this sort of film needs to have more dialogue more backstory more more headless horseman killing i mean you have a headless horseman which is a terrifying concept at least in my mind yeah Uh, come and murder you and very few scenes of that as i recall it's been years since i've seen it well i I think the first two when are we gonna get some heads falling on the ground here the first Two or three killing, you don't even see the horseman. You just mm-hmm. see the person being terrified. Yeah. You hear horseman. And I'm like, this isn't Jaws. We don't have to keep it hidden. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next one, I think, you see the horseman hunting someone down and killing them. He also then tries to hunt down mm. Ichabod. Although I think the idea is he's supposed to just be scaring him away. Yeah. Or something like that. And then you see him again when he's trying to get to the church, but he can't get in the church. And then you see him at the end. Like, the, the rest of it is just him trying to solve this thing of, like, you know, oh, there's no such thing as mystical. It's all explained by science. And annoyingly, when you hear that, the first time it's like, yeah, oh, I'm a science man, and there's nothing mystical about this. And you know roughly what the film's about. You know, going into it, that he's going to be proved wrong, and there is going to be a natural headless horseman. Yes, of course. And it's almost painful for a couple of the scenes where he's just going through, like, oh, well, it must be this, oh, it must be this. And it's like, no, we know you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) If you hadn't marketed it the way you did, maybe we could have gone into it thinking, oh, it might actually just be someone dressing up Mm -hmm. and doing the killing, but we're fairly certain from the start that it's an actual... Yeah, proper I, I just don't think it was the right fit for Tim Burton. <laughs> no, nah. it doesn't. I mean, it still has that feel that we've been talking about. Yeah, but I feel like a more like a horror director, like a Wes Craven or something, would have been terrific. Yeah, or what? you know, something like that, yeah, just to really it. bring the darkness out, and not so much of just yeah. the Christina Ricci. <laughs> enough of the Christina Ricci. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has her good roles, but that I was bored to tears. Yeah. I would say with her. Yeah, I would say Adam Family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also yeah, I um, think by Casper yeah. she was kind of <laughs> stretching it. There's also a Batman alum in there, as well as Christopher Walken. There's Michael Gow, oh. uh, who was Alfred. I don't know who he was in this. Notary, 
apparently. But yeah, I'm just uh, pulling this from yeah. my mind, people. I am oh, that yes. good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's he's sitting there meditating. I'm using my movie database, <laughs> which is no way online. <laughs> no, 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 so I don't know. I I know that film or that film has its following that like Mars Attacks, but in this case, I think we are both not in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, not not a film that I feel the need to watch again. I would watch it again just because I have only seen it one time. And I think I've seen it two or three times by now. And I don't know, maybe I was in the wrong mindset, but there, I feel like there's so many films I need to see or will never see. I don't want to watch something that I already know I probably am not going to like. Yeah. So I, I, I think, doubt I'll ever get around to it. I think we'll by the third time I watched it, I was fast-forwarding. Sorry. Yeah. And that, that's never a good sign. No, no not so much. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next on the docket? Uh, next is one we're probably going to skip over. with any, The world of think? Stain Boy? <laughs> <laughs> no. Planet okay. of the Apes. Uh, yep, next. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, you know. You'll see a theme. When he covers material that's already been covered. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, even with Sleepy Hollow, it's an established story. It's a folklore type yeah. story. Yeah, it, it does seem that if he's writing it, uh, or, or at least if he has some more, connection with the writers, or you know, or yeah, collaboration it's, it's there, seems to go better. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that myself for everything that he's just directed, but. Yeah. It seems that when he writes and directs, or when he produces and directs, or does something like that, then it seems to come off, obviously with Tim Burton fans, so it seems to come off more as some of the stuff that we like from him. So, yeah, Planet of the Apes, it's a film. Um, It's a film, (laughs) true enough. I don't think a film that needed to be remade. Hmm. I'm not like a big supporter of the Charlton Heston one, but it's a good film, and I I don't know why we needed a reimagining. I thought the ending of this one was stupid. I don't know. And haven't there been more? I don't know. Wasn't there more after that? I don't they, know. They, they did Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Rise um, of the Planet, which is supposed ago. to be like a prequel it, or something, yeah, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's basically how... Because like, you, obviously, in that Planet of the Apes, or one that we just skipped over, yeah. um, he comes <laughs> back and it turns out that everything that he did was in the past because he comes back and Lincoln was an ape <laughs> and everyone's an ape and it's it's like okay you decided to do the switch of it was all in the past not the future but this one is taking okay the original Planet of the Age was in the future and there's a couple of really good insight things like there's a news report that a uh, space probe has gone missing and it's the one that originally ended up turning up in Planet of the Apes. Okay. And, and I'd like to say I'm with you, but I'm not. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I, I looked up this stuff. Don't worry. Okay, okay. And this is how we went from us dominating mm-hmm. the planet to the apes gaining sentience and massing together. Okay. It doesn't, I've, it doesn't, I've heard enough. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't end with the apes have taken over the planet, but it ends on a, a slight down note for humanity. Oh, I, I feel justified <laughs> in having not viewed this film. So. I, I, I would say the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, meh. The Rise of the Planet of the Apes is actually worth watching at least just once. We'll see. And then you can take from it <laughs> or we will see. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg yelling, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. He can yell at plants. And that's... <laughs> Much better in uh, the other guys, I think, when he's doing stick with comedy, sir. He can't, I can't believe what's happening. I'm Mark Wahlberg. I can't believe this is happening. Okay. Why does this stuff keep happening to me? Yeah. 
right. Why so, are the plants killing us? Watch Dad the Triffids. It's really <laughs> anyway. That was the happening, by the way. If you, I, mean, <laughs> if you, if you hadn't, yeah. I, I knew that. I'm, okay, I'm right. saying Dad the Triffids much okay. better. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so. All right, I hope, let's this see one, what is next. Big Fish. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Refreshing. Yes. All right, well, so, Brian, I believe that you have seen. I this saw one. this just a few days ago again. Watched it right after Head Sister Hands, which <laughs> is. Quite a flip-flop. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> this At is a much ends. more uplifting <laughs> yeah. story, which Tim Burton, that isn't the first no. adjective you think of. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, it's probably a good thing you watched them in this order. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it was. I probably might have uh, killed myself if I had done Big Fish and that it's his Oh, such a nice film. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. God. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they give him scissor hands? But yeah, once again, uh, Danny Elfman, it's just one of those scores that is, I mean, it's just perfect. It's such a part of the movie, but I love that. And this film centers on kind of the uh, disrepair or this fractured relationship of father and son. The father, who is a natural storyteller, and the son has heard these stories his whole life. Yeah. And loved them when he was a kid, and he believed them, believed in his father, and believed that they were true. And now as he's coming into adulthood or, you know, in his late 20s, whatever, he he wants to know the truth and wants to, you know, and is prompted by all of this to find out that his father is very ill and on his deathbed and comes home to America with Marion Cotillard, his French wife, and they have a baby on the way. And, you know, so they go there and to be with him and his mom until the end as it is his ulterior motive or kind of another reason well while i'm here maybe i can find out who my dad really is maybe we can repair this relationship and i can get him to tell me the truth and you know it's one of those again that's told you got the present and then told all about the past and you have various characters telling the son about his father yeah Um, yeah you know the father does a lot of the telling you know there's helena bottom carter who plays jenny and the witch who tells him a story ewan mcgregor plays the young ed bloom which is just a fantastic character he's just everyone loves him he's so full of life and kind of so full of life he might be annoying but doesn't i don't know it's not for me he's just extremely likable in this film And I don't know, that's it's one of my favorites. It's probably if I had to pick a second favorite Tim Burton film, it, right. it, this is going to fall in that yeah. category more Gun often to your than head. not. This Gun to my head, this is going to be it. It's just so well told. You have Danny DeVito in there again. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the uh, ringleader of the circus. You've seen it, correct? Uh, what, what yes, it has been a while, but you've okay. seen it. I don't know. What were your thoughts on it? Well, when I watched it, uh, I was much younger, mm-hmm. and I hadn't yet gone to film school. Thinking back on it, I can remember it and remember some of it, and it's like, you know, okay, yeah. Not only can I sort of see aspects of Tim Burton in it, I can see what they did with some of the scenes, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, oh, right. Like, they're trying to tell that. Whereas, obviously, when I first watched it, it was just a fantastical story. <laughs> and I probably had seen other Tim Burton films at that point, and it wouldn't have clicked for me back then that it was Tim Burton or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> Which, as you said at the beginning, so this is not your typical Tim Burton fair. Uh, no, even but, though it much looks like his world, it's yeah, the, yeah. the subject fair is not yeah, really It's him. a little bit too light for Tim Burton. But yeah, it, I remember really liking it, and I, I want to see it again. Uh, I don't know when yeah. I'm going to have the time, uh, but... <laughs> part of the, in my research, part of what drew Tim Burton to this project was that 
um, his father had recently passed away, and he uh, had tried to, to repair that relationship to yeah. no success. They didn't really have, I guess, much of a relationship, and that really drew him to this story because the son really wanted to reconcile with his father. Yeah. Uh, so also a very personal story to him. It must be then that a lot of the films that he is most liked for mm-hmm. and all that, they do seem have to the have most of him, Most of him yeah. in it, yeah. I love it. And spoiler, I know if you haven't seen the film, stop. But you do find out there, while he is a storyteller, and as stories go, exaggerations are bound to occur, and things have to be amplified to make it more interesting. As Ed Bloom puts it, all the fact, none of the flavor. That's that's what what his son, his son's a newspaper man, or you know, a typical writer just writes nonfiction. You know, just this is what happened, when and where and why and blah blah blah. You know, this is. You know, he puts all the flavor in there. So as you find out, maybe not all of these things happened, but more things happened than you might have imagined. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the film, you kind of there's find that out with the funeral scene. That there than you would these people. You know, a lot of these people did exist. And, you know, and well, maybe know not him. all of it made sense because you find out, oh, the witch was old, but Jenny was the witch. But how could she be older when yeah. he was a child and younger when he... You know, like, well, it makes sense if you're Edward Bloom, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, if you're living in that world. I don't know, and it's kind of... The main theme is that I drew away from, other than reconciliation, is that we are our stories. We that is really what encapsulates us, uh, what makes us who we are. And you know, Ed Bloom, in that way, his stories live on. And they show at the end of the film that the son's child is telling the grandfather's stories in yeah. a pool and stuff. And so that way, he's immortal. He lives on. That I think that I'm just pulling that line kind of out of the movie, but I don't know. It it has everything for me. Yeah, it's very solid. <laughs> Great love story in there, a little bit, you know. It's but more about the son and father. And, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I can't really add too much to it because, as I said, I haven't seen it for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I remember liking it. Very good. One of the it, things it Tim Burton is, does well. So it's I mean, as dark as Tim Burton's films can be, this is so vibrant yeah. with color <laughs> that it's like the anti-Burton film. <laughs> but it's still him. It's like if okay, if you're gonna do something really colorful and bright, this is what Tim Burton would do. Yeah, and. It's yeah, it's yeah, the, amazing. St- still got some crooked, gangly, huge trees in there. <laughs> you got uh, him going through the old road that no one travels on, which very much reminded me of the fire swamps in Princess Bride. Yeah. You'll see, uh, second, well, I reference that all the damn time. <laughs> we got to do it. <laughs> we do a Rob Reiner cast sometime. All right, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's there are definitely like the darker moments too, and there's even the invention. The dad's a father or a traveling salesman. Yeah, and. There's the handymatic or whatever, which is a hand with all these little attachments, which very much looks like Edward Scissorhands a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then the Ed Bloom, his muscle, or his bones were growing too fast for his muscles, and so he's in this bed with this machine like working his legs, which is yeah. very much a Tim Burton machine, right. like Ed Scissorhands, <laughs> and you know all that stuff. It's definitely got those mechanics to it. It looks wonderful. It's it's incredible. I love it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. And of course, Steve Buscemi, one of his 300 movies he's been in. Yeah. Too, <laughs> As the great poet Norther Winslow. <laughs> Good old Red and Violets are blue. Spectre is really great. <laughs> uh, Award winning poet. All right, I think we are right. can move on. Yeah, well, the Thanks. next one is a little bit of a leap in time, really. I'm not years. sure what he was doing. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the next directorial thing. And this is, again, he is just directing this one. 
Hmm. This one has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, oh. and I believe my co-host... <laughs> I think it's 82% too high. <laughs> yeah, agree. And this is also the second highest successful commercially film. I can see that. that kids, yeah, that one. Parents take the kids. Yeah. Now, I will go into this saying I enjoyed the look of the film. As we know, I'm a visual fan mm-hmm. there. And I enjoy Deep Roy as the Oompa Loompas. <sighs> I, I, I like hate the, Deep Roy. <laughs> I I like the songs in this one better than I like the songs in the original. Mm-hmm. So if you could have moved the songs from this one into the original film really? and kept the rest, then that would have been it for me. But that mainly because I thought the songs in the other one were possibly a little bit too slow just for these yeah. for the world. I mean, because. Obviously, the songs in this one, each one has its own style to it, and I thought they worked well with the characters, and apparently these songs were taken, at least the seed for these songs, were taken straight from the book. The original one, they didn't do that. They wrote their own songs, where these were, I think, some of the stuff from it is actually in the book, and then they've embellished it and gone further, Mm. because I doubt the entire songs are in the book to make the book a bit longer. But this one is seen as much more faithful to the original Roald Dahl book, and Johnny Depp can't really fault him as Uh, Willy Wonka. I I still prefer the Gene Wilder. I don't know whose choice that voice was, but I could not stand it. I could not stand Johnny Depp's voice in that film I don't know anytime you're tackling an iconic performance like Gene Wilder's yeah. <laughs> I think you're almost setting yourself up for failure at least in my mind it's such a tremendous challenge which people would have said about Jack Nicholson's Batman yeah. you're not gonna top that you're not gonna or not well, in Batman you know yeah. what I meant the, the Joker but as we showed, there are exceptions <laughs> to that rule. Thank you, Heath Ledger. But uh, that, for me, I don't know. I mean, I prefer the songs in the original. I prefer everything about the original. I hate Deep Roy. For, I mean, I'm not a little person, but I know the little people are not happy that <laughs> he stole all their jobs because yeah. he was just cloned or duplicate, you know, CGI'd <laughs> into the everywhere. I hated the fact that they didn't seem to be able to localize this film to one particular country hmm. because... Obviously, the idea is it's supposed to be England, sort of, Mm -hmm. but they call chocolate candy. Half of Mm -hmm. the people don't seem to have a particular accent, and the boy is... I can't fault the actor. Freddie Highmore? Yeah, Yeah, I can't can't fault him with his job. He does a good job. I just think that Charlie Bucket... As I remember from the book, it's much more the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, Charlie yeah. Bucket. Because that, that's, what, that, that's what he is. He's high energy. He's like, <laughs> going around everything. He's getting into trouble. Like mm. This Charlie Bucket is just a do-gooder. You know, <laughs> I mean, and obviously, Charlie Bucket is kind of like that, but this is going a bit too far with it, I think. I don't know. Like, everything, maybe I just had my hopes way too high, which I... No, that's part of it, but that's not all of it, because I still just don't like the movie. But yeah. when, on paper... When you're thinking, okay, Tim Burton attached to do the Chocolate Factory, yeah. Roald Dahl. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> I love Roald Dahl. I love that. Okay, I love that. Love Tim Burton. Oh, and Johnny Depp's gonna be Willy Wonka. Like yeah. that sounds perfect for Johnny Depp. Like with the hat and the yeah. quirkiness and like, oh, he can do quirky like nobody else. And it just 
fell completely uh, flat for me. Right, you even had some fairly good English talent attached to it that you see. Like, in, you know, that, I think about three of the people in this film were also in like Love Actually. If we're going to like, you know, all, all these people that do yeah, good yeah, stuff yeah. And, like, and a lot and of theater in that, actors, and yeah, yeah, and it's like. You're doing good based on what you got, but you're not quite, <laughs> not quite Once jumping again, out. Right, direct what you write, please, yeah. to Burton. <laughs> I, lo- I love you much more. Then I, I, I'm willing to forgive your at least my the failures of my even though statistics might disagree with me as yeah. far as calling this a failure. But I don't know. Well, yeah, one other thing I'll say, looking into it, I looked into the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and one thing: who named these bloody films? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is about Charlie. Charlie yeah. and the Chocolate Factory is about Willy Wonka. <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. I can't answer that for you. <laughs> but anyway, Gene Wilder came out with the idea of when you first see him and he's walking slowly mm-hmm. with the cane. Yeah. And then it gets stuck and he keeps going, falls and rolls. Does like, the, yeah, that was roll. all him. Mm-hmm. And he, he said he wanted to. he would take the role if he could do that. And the director said, why? And Gene Wilder said, because from that moment on, you won't be able to tell if I'm telling the truth or not. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, know, it, you don't even really get it on a conscious level when you first see it. Mm-hmm. But like, that's yeah, is he plain much, or yeah. is he you know, sincere? And yeah. you get none of that with Willy Wonka. He's just a weirdo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a sincere weirdo. <laughs> and might but... I remind people that might make the same mistake that I did. I bought the original because I love the original. I bought the like super edition as a gift for my niece, who looking back was far too young. <laughs> if you remember the boat ride, scary yeah. shit boat ride. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's age appropriate because yeah. it's it's a, I think a young it's a child like film but or, that boat ride is frightening yeah. as hell or just be ready with the skip button <laughs> yeah skip that whole thing it's it's yeah, a like, little creepy and, and there. they go into the tunnel and they're there look at yeah, that yeah look at that yeah uh-huh yeah they teleported okay but oh my god you know what i'm talking about that is yeah. just woo, it's like i think tim burton directed that part <laughs> it looks like it but yeah yeah, anyway, um, that's I, not that. It's, it's also one of those things of like compared to the boat ride in the modern one, and it's like, yeah, you're hiding everything, but no, like the, the original was better. Oh, and the song is like terrifying. Mm. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> grown man, I'm getting a little concerned about it. All right, well let's move let's on. Let's move then. on, please, to something a little lighter, like Court Court Bride, Dead yeah. Bride. All right. Yeah. <laughs> What would be the proper term? Because technically it's not necrophilia, but it's... It's borderline yeah. uh, something. It, it's the opposite, actually. It's the dead person that wants to sleep with the living guy. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, so, so this is... What is a, it a living person? Yeah, I don't This know. is another directed and wrote yes. one. And yeah, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I uh, highly get, agree with that. Up. I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> getting back up there with the with the ratings. And let me just quickly say one, two, three, four. This one would be the fifth collaboration of Johnny mm-hmm. Depp and Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, his partner, Helena Bonham Carter, who he's used quite frequently since yeah, then. Yeah, basically, it's it's a rarity not to have Helena Bonham Carter in a Tim Burton film. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So just just assume she'll be in there. <laughs> she'll be in there somewhere. Playing an old craggly lady in makeup or something, but yeah. she'll be in there somewhere. Yeah, and I much prefer Nightmare Before Christmas before really? Fourth Bride. The- I can't really say why, but... I mean, maybe I thought that this world was a little bit too washed out. Really? I didn't get it. The dark bits didn't seem as dark mm-hmm. to me. The the more vibrant time didn't quite seem as 
pop out there. I, mean, I understand that the underlying sto- there's more of an underlying story to this one than there is to the Nightmare Before mm-hmm. Christmas, and the villain, quote unquote, is actually more of a real bastard. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he, he really deserves everything that happens to him. But it's one of those films that I went to see. I think I saw it in the cinema, and I came out thinking well, that was a good film. But I just wasn't as invested, I think. Really? And, right. yeah, I, I can't, again, I can't fault any of the people in it. It's just one of those <laughs> films that didn't grab me as much. Yeah. Uh, I, I, for me, it's pretty close to an even scale with Nightmare Before Christmas. Really? That, yeah, I, and I love Nightmare Before right, Christmas. Yeah. I love it. But Horse Bride, I mean, looking at it and seeing the trailer, I, I waited till it was available for rental before I saw it. As Paul knows, I don't run out to the theater for everything. Uh, <laughs> but I really have to be passionate about it. Yeah. But I uh, much prefer the my home theater experience. But I did watch that, and I mean, looking at the trailer and remembering that, I'm like, oh, this looks just like Nightmare Before Christmas. The yeah. same gangly, long-legged characters. Oh, and yeah, very that much same so. animated world. You know, it looks like you know Jack Skeleton would make a cameo or something. You know, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> I, if it had happened. I, I was going to say, I, I, I'm almost expecting, if I ever see it again, to just see his head in the corner yeah, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere, yeah. I don't know, I loved it. I loved the story. I, mean, yeah. I, I liked the story more than I liked Nightmare Before Christmas. No, yeah, much, uh, much more fleshed out story to this yeah. one. Is, almost, uh, I was at, it was just really entertaining for me, this woman that thinks she's been married to this guy. It, yeah, it's, I don't know, I love I just love everything about it. I, Very much mistaken identity. It's, I mean, and heck, if you don't have an hour and 17 minutes to spend on it, <laughs> come on, it's a short film. It's almost, you could almost say it's kind of a continuation of the Nightmare Before Christmas world. It's just, this is the living world. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looks very much like, when yeah. you see the real world in Nightmare Before Christmas, it looks like those types of people, that sort of character. And this is, this is the mm-hmm. real world and the underworld, rather than, holiday world so uh... (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean uh it's probably one of those five or six i mentioned that are in the second tier below edward scissorhands (laughs) for me and that kind of alternates slots with my second favorite all time of his but i don't know i I really enjoy it i don't know why i don't own this film yet but (laughs) i I will at some point Uh, write that down. Bye, Corpse Bride. Not Princess Bride. Oh, I can't yeah. get it out of my head. Just All something right. bride. Something, bride. <laughs> something about brides. I don't know. All Opposite right. of necrophilia. We have to de- find out what that is. Yeah, <laughs> what are dead people who are, uh, want to be with a living person? I yeah, don't know. there must be some. Yeah. <laughs> Fleshophiles. I don't know. Let's, let's just call them that. <laughs> Stick with that for that. <laughs> okay. Try- Trademarked. Trademarked. <laughs> Trying to move on a little bit. <laughs> Trying to. Yeah. Um, uh, next Ooh. one would be Sweeney Todd, the demon, the Barber demon of Barber Fleet Street. Street. <laughs> and this one, another high, actually higher Which than Cold Pride, 86%. Wow. Yeah. And this one is only directed. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure he was working with or talked to the people that were doing the screenplay. But I felt I felt he was very suited for this material. Though, yeah. Even though he didn't write it. I mean, it's, it's, I a, mean, it's a... It's a very um, morbid thing anyway. <laughs> and, yeah, Johnny Depp again. Mm-hmm. Lena Carter again. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen doing a fantastic job, actually. I, very tolerable, that <laughs> yeah. Sasha Usually I get really annoyed with him very quickly, but I loved him in Sweeney Todd. Well, I say you, he did fantastic in that. He did fantastic in Hugo. And I, mean, I would still like is, to see Les Miserables to see... So, yeah, I, I've heard good things about him in that. Uh, he is a fantastic actor. He just does his own comedy vehicles, mm. which only one of them was even tolerable, and I doubt it got released over here. Ali G in the house. Uh, where 
and it probably wouldn't work over here. (laughs) It wouldn't work over here because you don't have the chav thing over here. You guys have redneck rather than chav. So the whole thing that he's parodying makes no sense. So no one would get it over here. And so, of course, I think the first big release thing that he did was... Bruno? No, no, Borat. No, no, Borat, Sorry, yes, Borat yes. then Bruno. So yeah, it, he's working his way alphabetically there. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, so he is a good actor, and I want to see him do more stuff like Sweeney Todd and Hugo and stuff like that. I want to see him just go with drama. It's like Sasha Baron Cohen thing there. But anyway, I went to this... Everyone's going to laugh at me here. I went to this not knowing it was a musical. Oh, really? Not, yeah. Knowing nothing about Sondheim, I knew Stephen Sondheim. nothing <laughs> about Sweeney Todd. I just... And if you watch the trailer, not a fucking <laughs> single note. Oh, and Mr. Anti-Musical was not warned. <laughs> no. I went into this, sat down, and the first when the first song came out, I turned to Jamie and I said... Are they going like, to keep doing this? <laughs> I said, Is this a musical? And she said, yes. And I said... What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't leave. I yeah. watched it. I liked the story. It was very mm-hmm. good. I didn't hate the songs. Mm-hmm. Wasn't necessarily fond of them, but I didn't hate them. I don't they, like they the opening open. one, London, whatever it is, or London. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not crazy about that one, but I love playing a bottom Carter's pie song, whatever the beat pies. That's a great one. Come yeah. on. <laughs> no, I, was, I will say the songs obviously they're very serious to the characters. Yeah. They've been around mm-hmm. a long time, and the people in it they seem to be very good at actually singing and. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know. I wish somewhere in the trailers or in the marketing they would have mentioned the word musical. <laughs> just, be, just because they're oh, going embrace to, it! Come on, there, there are, are going to be people that don't know that this was a musical, and then they made a film on it. <laughs> well, yes, I would love to actually see the musical production of Sweeney Todd sometime. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> I, I love this, and of course you have. Alan Rickman Good reprising Alan his Rickman. villain roles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alan Rickman. Sounding, <laughs> sounding slightly less drunk in this than he normally does, but... Slightly less intoxicated, yes. Alan Rickman. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know. I love the like the blood in it. It's like that hyper real, like Quentin Tarantino yeah, blood. That... You know, the really vibrant, popping red. Yeah, and... al- almost sort of Sin City esque. Yeah, the... it's like okay, <laughs> you know, it's not you know made to look like real blood, but it's yeah. just so over the top violent that it's not violent. You know that it's. Almost a little comical, yeah. you know how the slitting their throats and then dumping them out of the chair down the little chute. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I saw this with a good friend of mine, and we were laughing our asses off. Which people were, we're they were getting, we were getting looks because, <laughs> as I feel, they weren't all the way in it. Like yeah. they didn't understand. Like that's hilarious. Like his floating down the chute and this body thumping <laughs> on the ground. That's know, fucking I, hilarious. I thought that was and, funny. Yeah, we're like we're laughing like just how ridiculous that was. And, a lot of people are like, oh, this is supposed to be a straightforward musical or story or something. Like, no, it's supposed to be a little silly like that. Well, yo, I, I, I will, I will it. grant it. It's got one of the best death scenes that really Ooh, makes Mrs. Lovett, the, maybe? Or yeah, no? Yeah, uh, Mrs. Lovett. That you watch, it's one of those death scenes that you watch it and you're like, oh, that's nasty. Oh, actually, yeah, that's like that's being pretty burned horrible. alive. What's the, yeah, being buried alive. Uh, <laughs> I thought that would be the worst, but uh, I don't know. Which, you know, slight side note, watch Buried if you haven't. It's I a- have, I have, uh, yes. <laughs> to hell with you, Ryan Reynolds. I'm glad you died. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler! Oh, <come> on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whoops. <laughs> Rewind. 20 seconds, folks. Forget it ever happened. <laughs> I might just have to insert. Spoiler. I mean, my interpretation. I will save it with air quotes. My interpretation is he died. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. But, you know, some of the deaths and some of the character interaction, like it, it's all fantastic and probably should be. I mean, it's been around for how long they've been able to really flesh out the characters over time and then you write the screenplay mm-hmm. off it, you've got so much to base it on. Yeah. And yeah, it's a fantastic Tim Burton vehicle as well. It is, yeah. It, it's just, once again, feels like that world and I just love those kind of stories about... I love vengeance tales or revenge yeah. type tales, you know, that a man is kind of like Guy Pierce and... <laughs> Why am I thinking of Guy Pierce and the, the why can't I think of it? Kind of Monte Cristo. Kind of, you know, something <laughs> along those kind of lines, you know. But, you know, where he's been, or Les Miserables, or something uh, like that, or, the wrongly accused, or maybe wrongly accused. Uh, the best, of course, is uh, My Name is Ingo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father. Uh, yes, Great of course. Yeah, thank you. How did I drop the ball on that? <laughs> One of my favorite films. But, uh, yeah, you know, his life has been destroyed unjustly and returns and is going to get Alan Rickman. Uh, yeah. If it's the last thing he does. <laughs> you know, and, of course, you know, he's the steward of the beautiful Joanna. But, yeah. uh, Joanna! Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, in case you had forgotten, sir. Yeah, yeah. But all right. I think we have covered Sweeney Todd accurately. Uh, yeah. I love it. All right. Mm, moving on. Not. This one's probably going to be... Uh, the next couple are just going to be quick ones, I think. Alice in Wonderland. I actually enjoyed it. I... And this is, once again, Johnny Depp, I think, just kind of taking a role and loving it. Mm-hmm. He's He's got this... You know, he's like... <laughs> like doing mm-hmm. that but he's got the serious undertone and there's sometimes where you see him and he's got that real serious streak to it there's one point where he's kind of singing a little bit and telling us to do something manages to fling her away to safety and then turns around and says to all the guards who are coming at him with swords very seriously in a gruff scottish accent death to the bloody red queen <laughs> it's one of those things like okay yeah this mm-hmm. guy Who's the Red Queen again? Uh, Uh, Has he ever worked with this person before? I don't know. Uh, I I think it's Catwoman. No, Carter Uh, Carter Helena Bonham? Something like that. (laughs) Uh, I actually uh, am slightly embarrassed to say that I have not watched all of this film. Yeah, I've um, all of it. Okay. I'm not. I started it, and I started it late at night, and I fell asleep about half hour in. And I've never got it, okay. never watched it again. It was, I don't right. know, it was like a, I got it on Redbox. Right. And uh, I just... Yeah, I had to take it had, back. I had to take it back. I had, like, three Redboxes, and I was like, well, I'm not going to get back to this. Right. So... Well, it's very I've never much, rewatched it. Very much, again, a Tim Burton yeah. film. Tim Burton Wonderland, again, another... Like yeah. Tim Burton Gotham, Tim Burton Wonderland. Like, yeah, which sounds much. like, much like Chocolate Factory, sounds like a great concept. I want to see Tim Burton's idea of Wonderland. Yeah. You know? And this one, this one's actually very good. I mean, there's several bits in it where they point out it's not Wonderland, it's Underland. It's an actual play. <laughs> and because she was a child when she first went mm-hmm. there, she kept calling it Wonderland. Oh, yeah. And that's where it's come from. So she's but okay, the, the, slightly mentally handicapped. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, after falling she can't twice. Hear. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got the fantastical thing to it and all that but I thought it's a fairly good story and it's basically civil wars going on mm-hmm. in Underland and, and Alan Rickman is yes. Blue Caterpillar apparently as yes. I and look up in my brain what <laughs> the yes. cast was <laughs> and the fantastic Stephen Fry as the Cheshire Cat who I think is a fantastic mm-hmm. choice for that and again this is another film where I can't fault anyone on the acting because I mean, you, Helena Bonham Carter playing the Red Queen Sounds- who 
completely fitted. Very you know. spoilt, childish Red Queen. <laughs> yeah, hmm, yes, I want that. Yes, hmm. And one of my favorite character actors, Crispin Glover. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, and it's just full of great actors doing great jobs. And it's got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which, you know, I, I like. I can't judge it completely because yeah. I haven't seen it, but I, I was not... I would say with what I had seen. I would say that's a little harsh. A little harsh. A okay. little harsh. I, I, I'm not saying. Would it. you rate it fresh? <laughs> um, up to what is that? A sixty-six? Or something, I would or a say. 65? I would definitely say it's better than Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that one's technically considered fresh on Rotten well, Tomatoes. Yeah. So I just based on that, yeah. I would say it's better than that, and definitely worth watching all the way through. Yeah. And this is the number one commercially successful. And I can completely understand that. But, uh, I mean, I can actually kind of see why some people might not like it. Because they say, oh, it's just a cash-in. Like, maybe more people love the original Alice in Wonderland and <laughs> like the idea of it being a bit different. But Yeah, I'll give it another chance someday. Right. Just not today. <laughs> well, the next one would be Dark Shadows, which I believe you have not seen. I have not seen. I have uh, no interest in seeing. No, fair enough. I mean, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and... I can't say it's much better than that. I mean, and, see, and I actually recall, even though they weren't new then, but I would catch reruns or something of oh, the, the kind of gothic soap opera. Apparently, show. apparently, the first season of that was just a fairly straightforward thing, and then mm-hmm. from the second season onwards, they added the vampires, the werewolves. All that can be ridiculous that stuff. In. Yeah, and based on what I've heard, based on what I've looked up. What they did with Dark Shadows is they kind of condensed everything and mixed a couple of the characters together into one. And, and it, there's even some points in it where right at the end, in, in the last 20 minutes, one of the characters is just revealed to be a werewolf. And she's a werewolf for 30 seconds. And then she's back into a normal form. Nothing is ever mentioned yeah. of it again. Like, there's no alluding to it whatsoever there's no mention of werewolves at any other point in the story she's just a werewolf everyone's fine with it she's back to normal it's yeah. like uh, well, okay once, once again this I think it's like the third time or whatever that before I had, a trailer was out or whatever like I you know I try to find out what's people are working on and you know and i heard oh okay dark shadows is going to be coming out oh and johnny depp yeah then because i had slight memories of the show and i'm like oh that's gonna be awesome and then i saw the trailer and i wanted to cry <laughs> it was just the trailer if you call is very full of obvious jokes the play the jokes just go to that tier one lowest common denominator yeah. place they... and which i understand is if you're trying to do campy that's kind of what you got to do, but it just didn't sell and yeah. I, like this is supposed to get me to watch this movie and it just made me want to avoid it at all costs yeah. and from what I have heard I've made the right choice I mean, me and Jamie went to see it and it was one of those things of we came out of it and was like, yeah, it's all right. Like, you know, it, it was... I would it, think not which, worth $9 or $11. No, <laughs> no yeah, we, we went to see it in England and I think we paid, what, it would have been... What, probably 12, about, it would have been probably 12 pounds. Or nine, or yeah, 12 so, pounds. So a, a, li- a little bit less in total than it yeah. would have been for two American film <laughs> tickets. But still, yeah. yeah. And it, it was just one of those things like, well, I don't really feel the need to rewatch that. Like, mm. I've seen it now and I, it was yeah, just I, me. Yeah. Can't judge it too harshly, like I said, but, you know, mm. judging the book by its cover, and the cover seems to be pretty ratty. <laughs> so, right. I don't know. 
Uh, I think, that, and we should move on to our last. Well, one. yeah, the very last one. Unfortunately, neither of us have seen it. Which <laughs> that'll be a quick discussion. Uh, very here. quick. Which apparently is a complete wrong thing to do. He directed, wrote, and produced this film. Frankenweenie. It's got 89% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's, I've heard it's very cute. Very it is well based done. on a short story that he made in college. At least mm. I'm fairly certain. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah what Paul Rubens yeah. had seen that wanted him to get Burton to, attach, to be attached to Pee Wee. Yeah, and and I've not seen any bad reviews of it or anything. Oh, I'll see it. Yeah, yeah. just it's not one of those rush out to the theaters for me. Based on the trailer, I was kind of eh, on it because there were a couple of jokes that kind of just seemed like. And I believe uh, it was in 3D as well. Sorry, it it was in 3D. Yeah, (laughs) there was like the joke of Mr. Whiskers left you this, and it was uh, a thing of cat poop and like a a skull and crossbone. I will not eat the cat poop. And and then he says like, so like, did you get that the litter box? And then the cat says, the cat just go, meow. And then I saw that and I was like, I'm not quite sure who you're playing. It's one of those, <laughs> like uh, we've discussed before, you kind of have to go in with the mindset or with, you know, how we discuss rating certain things yeah. a certain way. You have to rate it for what, or have to appreciate it for what it is or what it's intending to be. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I want to see it. I just don't know how much I'll enjoy it. Yeah, maybe, I don't know maybe if I'm just, the person for that film, or if yeah. it's the film for me, whatever. It might be one of those things of maybe it's going towards people. It might even be set in a time where like most people in America or, or have grown up in that sort of neighborhood, but I won't have, so I won't quite get it. Or, yeah. but anyway. right, enough postulating <laughs> <laughs> on the film we have not seen. Yeah, so I don't know what he's working on right now, but uh, hopefully it's something with Johnny Depp and hopefully something he's writing. Yes. <laughs> Well, maybe we can get our fingers crossed. All right, so that's our rundown <laughs> yeah, of the Tim Burton uh... film. And so you've already said like your top sort of two would be Big Fish and uh, well, Edward Scissorhands. In no particular order, yeah, <laughs> it's Scissorhands. Yeah, it definitely has Scissorhands. And then, and then about five or six others. Yeah, starting with Big Fish, kind of and, at the top. And mine would be Beetlejuice and Mars Attacks. Uh, probably my top two, just because of like Beetlejuice is for me mm-hmm. just like that. That's the film mm-hmm. I want to go see. It's yeah. just like dark, dark humor. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. And then Mars Attacks. It's just for me. It's just fun to watch. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Agree, disagree. Tell us yeah. your favorites. <laughs> uh, what you think? If we're full of it, <laughs> which I'm sure we are in some cases. But, yeah, uh, I think we're real quick. I know we're running long. I want to get to our Netflix sleepers. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, yeah. sir, with yours. All right. Well, mine is a film called at least over here it is ah zombies that is a-a-a-h zombies explanation mark and it is a film where basically these people are infected somehow with the thing that turns them into zombies and they don't realize that they're turning into zombies they're completely conscious they are talking to each other oh, that's good disagree that's not a zombie if you mean don't you have to die to become a zombie <laughs> it, it's one of those it's one of those things where this serum is turning people into zombies See, those aren't zombies like 28 yeah. days yeah, late sure. 28 days those are those are not zombies okay. those are rabid freaks well, but. okay. Basically, they're being turned into people <laughs> that don't feel pain. Don't use the Z word. <laughs> that, that can lose arms and they're fine. Like you know, uh, yeah, yeah. He's got none off. <laughs> 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 Hit him with an ashtray. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, that was the second album I ever bought. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, And the world around them, like they're seeing other people as speeding up. And other people are seeing them as... I might write that down. How many H's? (laughs) (laughs) Just one H. Just one H. But three A's. Oh, three A's. Three A's and and then zombies. zombies. Exclamation point. And it's it's fantastically done in that when you're human... And when you're seeing through the eyes of a human, everything is in black and white. When you're seeing through the eyes of the quote-unquote zombies, it's in color. So the only color that's in the human thing is the green stuff that is turning them into whatever this, whatever you want to call okay. this. So it's a fantastic thing. There's not, I don't think there's any people in it that are like big names or <laughs> okay. something. Yeah. But surprise. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. a, very, a very good film, I would say. Okay. Right. And yours? Uh, mine is a uh, film I've had in my queue for weeks and weeks, and I finally watched it, I don't know, maybe a week ago or so. But it's called Bernie, and it's based on a true story. The lead character played by Jack Black, who, part of my hesitation playing it, I'm not the biggest Jack Black fan, apart from his original album of Tenacious D, and apart from a wonderful performance in High Fidelity. I love him in that movie. Yeah. Um, he's just been a little too silly, billy, cutesy for me. And a lot of his other stuff, like School Rock, and that didn't do it for me. But this, he was fantastic in. Absolutely fantastic. And deserves any award he gets for it, because he plays this mortician, which... As he says in the film, they are called funeral directors now, or something, yeah. or assistant <laughs> yeah. directors, as he is. But very gregarious, very well-liked by this small town. He comes into this small town, and kind of an asexual person. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, they discuss, is he a little light in the loafers? Oh, we don't know. But he's highly religious, and very caring for people. And he, this uh, one widow, or uh, her husband dies, she becomes a widow, and... He would always look up on these women and look after, the, you know, check up on them after the funerals and stuff. See how they're doing. Bring them flowers or a basket of whatever, you know, soups and stuff. Right. And this one particular widow played by the old mean lady, in, or this is the old mean lady in town, played by Shirley MacLaine, wonderfully. And it's his mission to win her over, soften her, you know, get to her gooey center <laughs> as it is. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, and then, so there's this relationship that develops. And then you have another person that's not a favorite of mine in this film, Matthew McConaughey. As the DA, played wonderfully. I mean, this is what Matthew McConaughey needs to be doing. Enough of the romantic comedy, bullcrap, whatever. These kind of things. Even though I know he's done the Southern Attorney before, <laughs> I believe a Time to Kill or something like that. I don't know. He's absolutely fantastic. And then there are a couple other bit parts played by actors, but there's many talking heads in the movie, and those are all the real townspeople right. telling, like they actually interviewed the townspeople. Got their thoughts on the real Bernie Tita and oh. the events that were going on, and it's inter, it's you know interplayed with the narrative, uh, the filmed narrative uh, uh, with Jack Black and you know all this stuff, and it's really well put together. Yeah. And you get this picture of this guy, and that how could he do this horrible thing? Which you'll have to see the film, right? And no, it couldn't be someone like Bernie, and how this town sticks by him and fantastic film i love it and really surprised by it so i highly recommend it oh all right then. <laughs> that's the entire point of this feature i believe let's get some paper shuffling <laughs> on here <laughs> we are actually reading papers here. all right <laughs> Alright, well, I don't think we have too much more to say. No, I think, uh, I think you're probably relieved on that front, right. folks. <laughs> All one of you that may still be listening. Alright, All right, well, in that case, I've been Paul. And I've been Brian. And we'll see you next time. Bye, folks. <laughs>